I'm Chase, and you're listening to The Angry Millennial, and I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm in this room or what they just fed me, but you're listening to The Angry Millennial. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to The Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers, all Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now, guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at ClickGearClothingLTD. What's going on, AM Nation? And welcome to the Angry Millennial Show. Today, we're chatting with serial entrepreneur and VP of marketing at Skirt. Everett Taylor. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming out. I should say thanks for having me. This place is gorgeous. Yeah, man. This is this is part of the reason they, they sold me on this uh, <laughs> company is when I came into the office and I was like, all right, I, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So uh, I know when we were chatting about uh, setting up the recording today, right? Um, you were you were all in on the uh, Wonder Women Tech Conference. Yeah, so you were getting ready for that this past weekend, and you did a great talk. You know, I've been hearing kind of like some amazing things about how it went. Um, right. So tell us, how did you end up working with them, and how the whole event go? Yeah, so uh, I got connected to um, Lisa Mae Brunson, um, who runs the event. And she saw like some of my tweets just speaking out on diversity. That's something that's very important to me. And, uh, you know, she, she researched a little bit of my background and found Mm -hmm. out more about me. And, you know, she reached out and I was like, hell yeah, I want to be a part of this. You know, that's something that means so much to me. And, you know, women have played a big part. Well, obviously (laughs) since conception (laughs) played a big part in my life. Um, but you know, just seeing, my mother and my grandmother and the things that they did and the sacrifices that they made. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they never even imagined that they would have the opportunities that I've, I've, I've been able to have. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many other minority women and, and people out there that just don't have a great role model or a woman that they can point to and be like, wow, I can do that. Right. I can, I, I, there's something more out there um, for me than working a minimum wage job or right. working on my hands and knees. And so to be a part of something like that is, is, is truly, truly, um, you know, humbling and appreciative of That's the opportunity. Great. That's great, man. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, so I come from that kind of culture where family's yeah. huge, right? right? Um, but it, it is very patriarchal, right? right. In, in society. Right. But at the same time, everyone knows like i don't know any puerto rican dude who's not a mama's boy (laughs) everybody it goes back to your mother raised you your mother brought you into this world respect your elders respect your parents absolutely you know what i mean and and it's so shout out to all the moms you know the wonderful the wonderful women out there doing amazing Amazing. things love you (laughs) mom so let's start from the beginning you know were you always creative like entrepreneurially when you were growing up um kind of when did like branding and marketing start to interest you i mean like like everyone said you you've kind of 
had an early beginning, you know, right. um, and uh, and I'd love to see how, how that played out. Yeah, man, for me, uh, <laughs> it was Miami, man. Money is a major issue, you know, growing up <laughs> where I did. And uh, to be honest, it wasn't even it wasn't even an attraction to marketing mm-hmm. or trying to brand or anything like that. I saw it as a survival tactic. Mm-hmm. I did whatever I had to 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 support my mom, you mm-hmm. know, um, she worked as a custodian and not making a lot of money, and it meant a lot to me to be able to provide and help her out, mm-hmm. you know. And then yeah. also it was annoying when someone says, "Oh, you can't do this. You don't pay none of the bills around here." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, okay, yeah." yeah and then um, you're like, uh, actually, <laughs> um, but so when I was when I was younger and I was in the elementary school. Um, I actually used to go to the corner store, mm-hmm. um, and for you know the people up north, the bodega, or whatever you want uh-huh, to call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I used to get like candy and gum and stuff like that. And like it was kind of like prohibition in school; you weren't supposed to have gum, so you could like up <laughs> mark up the price. You know, you buy a gum, you know, pack of gum for like seventy five, yeah. fifty cents, and sell each piece for fifty cents. Yeah, you know, yeah, and. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I used to do that just to make a little bit of money on my on the side, so my mom didn't have to worry about like little things to that I wanted, like toys or whatever, right, you know. Right, what I mean? right. Um, and then I would like like slide money in her in her pocketbook and stuff like that, and she see like a bag of quarters <laughs> <laughs> in, her, awesome. in her pocketbook. Um, and so yeah, just trying to find creative ways where I couldn't act, like actually I wasn't creative enough to like a you know create a product or anything, but I realized the power of supply and demand and mm-hmm. also branding in the sense that, Hey, like I'm that guy, I'm the guy, I'm the gum guy. Yeah. Come to me. Yeah, I'll exactly. Me. Um, and so, you know, that kind of branched out to more things as I got older, like selling CDs. That's why it was so hard um, for me personally to see mm-hmm. the Alton Sterling shooting, you yeah, know, um, yeah. because I was like, man, like I was that guy. I was out selling CDs, you yeah. know, uh, back in the day. And, um, they were bootleg. I ain't gonna lie, but, um, you know, you had to do what you had yeah. to do. And yeah. so I did whatever I had to do, cut grass and, and things like that. And that really kind of started like that entrepreneurial spirit for mm-hmm. me to, you know, make money and support my family by any means possible. It wasn't until, you know, I kind of got into the game proper later on with like official jobs where, you know, the branding and people starting to recognize me for what I did. It mm-hmm. really all started for like, Hey, I really just want to help out my mom. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's, it's a lot of why certain people are successful at a certain time. Honestly, it comes down to intent, right. right? It's like, if you get into it for the money, if you get into it for the fame, you're fucked. Like right. you're not going to be sustainable at least like long term. Right? right. And then if you get into it for the right reasons and the right and the clear intentions, Shit kind of works out, you know, and, and and you said it, it's, you know, someone we had on, I don't know if you know Alex Wolf from, um, Boss Babe, Boss Babes. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, um, a little bit younger than than you and me, about 24, 25, and she's out of New York. And, uh, it was funny when I asked her kind of what was her start, she had a very similar story, right? Right. You know, the, the school, the grade school hustling, but it was so funny. She uh she had like Pokemon cards and she had this like one rare one and she sold it for like thirty bucks at school. Probably that Charizard. No. That was that that was that, <laughs> that, was that fire. <laughs> <laughs> but what's crazy is she actually got in a lot of trouble. Like, cause uh, they kind of figured like you swindled this kid. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And uh and she's like, to be fair, it was like the hologram one and it was like yeah. worth some, you know. But her like parents got ended up getting called to school and stuff like that. It was so funny because she's like she was raised by uh, her dad. 
And her dad's like, seriously? You know, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah. Um, so speaking of causes that are near to you, uh, you've been a major supporter for the March of Dimes Foundation. Right. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, you know, it, it, the March of Dimes focuses on improving the health of, of babies by preventing birth defects, premature births, and infant mortality. Um, you know, I, I love the chat, like kind of how or why you were kind of drawn to March of Dimes. Me personally, I was, I was a premature baby myself. You know, I came out like at a whopping one pound, eight ounces and right. you know, five, five and a half months. You never guessed by looking at me now, right? Right. Um, but tell me, like, was it, and I know there's a little bit, you had an early job. Your first job in college was, uh, was at United Way. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Actually, and I had nothing to do with Nothing that. at all. All right, so tell me, tell me. Um, so, I mean, just to give you a little bit of background, you know, growing up in the hood, um, you saw multiple crack babies. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, that was the thing. You've seen mm-hmm. so many, you know, children coming out smaller and having defects and things like that. And I, and I had family members and, and, and friends and, um, you know, people that I saw that, that dealt with that, you know, I didn't really understand, um, what birth defects were. We just knew them as crack babies, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that's something that I always felt bad. And, you know, I had a really good friend growing up in school and he was always smaller. Like he, you know, he was always smaller than everyone. And, and, and um, you know, he, you know, he grew up, you know, as a, you know, came in as a preemie and things like that. And so, you know, just remembering that when I, when I joined, uh, the fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, um, one of their major initiatives is working with March of Dimes. Mm. And so I immediately gravitated towards that and, you know, really went hard in the paint to, nice. to raise money for, um, you know, babies with birth defects mm. and things like that, just from my own experiences and seeing, uh, some of my friends who, you know, went through that. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to, when you see it firsthand and then you, you you volunteer and things like that, and you, you see, you go to these hospitals and you see these families and you see these parents and it really touches you in a way. And I just wanted to continue that, you know, and extend that past college. And that's why I continue to support the organization till today. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure, you know, from when you started, you know, uh, uh, kind of regionally, locally in college, uh, I'm sure now you probably have a name with the national chapter of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a much it's, easier way to kind of really, really get back. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you're the founder of the digital marketing firm Millisense. Right. I get it right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're close. And, yeah. uh, and that was, you know, what was after your mother's name, right? Millicent? Yeah, my mom's name is Millicent. So okay. I wanted to do something to... Uh, kind of dedicate my work to her because I mean initially the, the it's a it's a marketing firm mm-hmm. and that's at the heart of what I do and she's my heart you know mm-hmm. and um you know you hear the term like mama knows best and mm-hmm. that's kind of what we do we know mm-hmm. best when it comes to this marketing growth thing so yeah. um you know I remember telling her hey mom I'm, I'm gonna name a company after you and she was like <laughs> oh, I know you're not like get out of here <laughs> and uh you know I went back and <laughs> went to legal zoom and, <laughs> and, and you know I just plug LegalZoom. They don't even pay me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, created the company. But, right. uh, yeah, man, that was that was a really good feeling to be able to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're also the co-founder of a marketing community called Growth Hackers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's more than actually a, a marketing community. Mm-hmm. It seems like that from the, from the front end. But mm-hmm. it's actually also a software company. Oh, okay. Um, they have the software called Projects, and it allows you to organize your, your, your marketing and product plans and strategies and 
campaigns and things like that. And so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a two sided kind of mm-hmm. company where you have the, the media side with the community and the, the content and things like that and driving that with, you know, ads and all that. And then you have, um, the other side, which is a software, um, component right, to the company right. as well. So awesome. Yeah. You also worked as the growth strategist from Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, just wrapped up that. That was that was fun. That's awesome. And the former CMO of the e-commerce company, Sicker Mule. Yeah, man, that was that was crazy to come in um, at 25, like this young buck, being the young guy <laughs> on the executive team, by quite a bit. Um, right, right, right. So that was that was an interesting experience to be a part of the C-suite at, at such a young age. It was such a great learning experience. We grew the hell out of that company. Like sales went up over 50% during my tenure. And uh yeah, it was it was an amazing amazing experience for sure. And That's awesome. definitely equipped me for to be in the position that I am in now. Nice. So, you know, that was kind of my next question was, you know, take us through those projects and, and kind of how they helped shape your career. Right. Because like you said, I mean, they to me, they seem kind of linear and intertwined where like, you know, it was a marketing kind of community platform and software to a digital marketing firm to being, you know, the growth strategies from Microsoft. I mean, that's a pretty big deal, right? I mean, yeah. being able to say you have those people on your, uh, you know, resume, if you right. will, is is definitely kind of a, a proof of concept and, and, and definitely credibility on your end. Um, so like you said, what, what, which one was first and it kind of taking quickly kind of like through like how it, how it all kind of came together. Well, in that order, uh, growth hackers was first. Mm-hmm. Um, so before that was when you were 19, right? If I remember no, right. no, 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 no. That was another company I started when I was 19 called EG, which was, um, actually a vet marketing company, huh. um, that I sold when I was 21. But, um, this, uh, Qualaroo, I was at Qualaroo, um, which actually got, ended up getting acquired, but I was at Qualaroo and leading marketing there. And, uh, that's when we came up with the idea for growth hackers. And so me, um, famous entrepreneur, Sean Ellis, um, a guy by the name of Dylan O'Com and Morgan Brown, we started working on this community. And, um, at one point I was doing marketing for both Qualaroo and, Growth hackers, and then I went full time as the head of growth over there at uh, at Growth Hackers. Mm-hmm. And so that was amazing, you know, to to build a community like that and to build a company like that from the ground up, yeah, um, at that scale. And uh, it was it was definitely valuable because it kind of you know working as the head of marketing, head of growth, or whatever VP of marketing, VP of growth for someone like Sean Ellis, who's so. Ref- respected in Mm -hmm. the community, the startup and tech community, and also the marketing community, it really validated me Mm -hmm. Um, because I had done so much stuff. You know, I sold a company. I had worked for like the famous author, Neil Strauss. I had tons. Before I worked there, I had like nine years of experience because I started my first marketing job when I was 14, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, you know, I had this this bevy of experience, but no one knew who the hell I was, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of missed those days. Um, But... Uh, yeah. So, you know, just, just, it was like a validation for me. Um, I think that's what most, mostly contributed to that, to that time at Growth Hackers, mm-hmm. especially because the community had to do a lot with marketing. Right. Um, and then, uh, I moved on from Growth Hackers because I had an amazing opportunity to actually, before I moved to, to Sticker Mule, uh, I started Millicent's because at the time, like I started to build my name up 
And, um, you know, a lot of people wanted me to consult with them. I just didn't have the time. Right. And so I wanted to get like-minded marketers that were like me or people that I could train to do some of the things that I could do Mm -hmm. and be able to provide kind of like Everett yeah. subscription base, you know, <laughs> right, you know, right, uh, right. with, uh, with my marketing company. And that's when I created Millicent's and mm-hmm. I was CEO of that as long, well, you know, while being like heading up growth, mm-hmm. uh, growth hackers. And then I left growth hackers, still had Millicent's. And then, um, I took on, uh, the CMO role at Sticker Mule, mm-hmm. um, which let me be at a company at a, at a, a bigger size, bigger revenue, um, operationally from a marketing standpoint and learned a lot being in the C-suite that I never had to deal with before. Right. right. Um, and so, yeah, that was a really, really uh, solid experience for me. Like I, uh, you know, I touched on earlier. Um, and then uh, I left there um, and I had the opportunity to lead growth in, in marketing for growth and marketing strategy at Microsoft for new mobile products that they were working on hmm. um, out of Beijing. And, wow. uh, yeah, it was yeah, really cool. Yeah, because they're big over there, right? Yeah, the so uh, it was it was crazy um, to to be able to get that opportunity. But at the end of the day, um, the reason that I moved to Skirt was it wasn't for money, it wasn't for you know notoriety or anything like that. It was because I genuinely believed in what they were doing, and I said, you know, not too long ago that the next opportunity that I really took that wasn't my own. I want it to be something that I could genuinely affect the world and change mm-hmm. the world. I know that sounds very Miss America, uh, but... Um, I want world peace. I want world peace. Um, sushi delivered. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I just love what they're doing, trying yeah. to provide affordable transportation to everyone. And, yeah. and I know how hard it was seeing like... People in my family and myself not be able to get around, you yeah. know. You re- I, I know you remember those days when it's like, yo, can I get a ride? Can I get a ride? Like it was so, it's so tough. And yeah. you know, the things that we do without like the the low prices and the and the you know the lack of all those fees and the fact that you don't need a credit card, which a mm. lot of people in the hood wow. they don't have yeah. credit cards, you know. Yeah. And so the fact that you can use a debit card, um, those are just very major things that really drew me to that company. And I feel like this is something that could literally change the world and do something great. And That's it's awesome. a product that I believe in that I love. And like I haven't had that in like ever, you yeah. know. Like yeah, I haven't yeah, had yeah. a product where I was like, man, I really love this yeah, yeah. you know you're like you're like and well, let's be honest you don't want you have bills yeah. but if it came to it you're like i do this for nothing just to yeah. be a part of it but yeah man of course yeah you know, good. salaries are nice salaries <laughs> are nice man you know i hate you know i hate when people be like yo money doesn't matter money definitely matters right yeah. definitely matters yeah, yeah. but it's not the most important thing and i tell young people all the time i say do not optimize for money mm-hmm. um, that's a very short term very like you know, close-minded way to mm-hmm. think. You know, you mm-hmm. you need to optimize for growth. You need to optimize for, you know, pushing forward and becoming a better human being and a better professional and, mm-hmm. and for future opportunities. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. And I mean, you said it. One, one, two things I want to touch upon, but um, the first one, like you just said, I I I can't stress that enough. And when I te- so I teach in some colleges, and I tell people like when they want to do like start a photography business, right? Right. I always tell them like there's one really important distinction you have to make early on is the people who who love you and support you they're not clients right those are people who are going to love you and support you so it's like if you want to 
you know, do something, you, you help them. You genuinely donate your services and you say, hey, help me get this thing off the ground. I won't pay, I won't charge you anything, right? And then you take that and then you start building that and you start attracting actual paying clients. Because like you know, as soon as money enters, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a relationship, it changes completely. Oh, absolutely. And and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, like you said, it's it's very short-minded because then that person Let's just say they they would gladly pay, you know, would gladly love to turn, but the fact that you're like, mm, pay me, right. right? Then all of a sudden, that person who who loves you and wants to support you suddenly is like, all right, I'll pay you, but then after that, like, this, this is kind of over, right. you know? And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's just a client exchange where you're like, okay, after that, you're lucky to get in the repeat. Whereas sure. if you just did something for them out of the kindness of your heart and said, don't worry about it, you could keep. You you could keep fostering that that relationship to the point where they might hire you down the road when you're ten times more expensive. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, a lot of people, even this man, even this. Oh man, it was it was so frustrating. A month in, people be like, "So you making money yet?" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, tell me any company that is in the black in right. one month, I'll go fucking do that, man. Like right, easy. Absolutely. But it just for me, it was like, no, like you gotta want to do it. And and I got so much intrinsic value from this and getting to meet people like you and people right. I respected and just kind of sit and talk with them yeah, to me man. was like, was so much fun. It's more you know? than money. Yeah, exactly. It's more than money, man. Like, so real quick, somebody cut you off. You, yeah. um, you said it was hard in the beginning because you had nine years experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you knew what you were doing, but no one knew who you were. Right. So I'd be interested. How then did you get on Sean Ellis's radar? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. So I actually was working, um, running digital initiatives and digital marketing for Neil Strauss at the time, mm-hmm. um, doing some stuff for him. And Sean Ellis was a fan of his. Um, and so that caught his attention. Then he figured out that, you know, I had, you know, started and, and you know, sold a company when I was younger. And like he he just loved that entrepreneurial spirit and he he loved the stuff that I was doing for uh, Neil Strauss, which really, you know, attracted me to him. I think. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So how was it working with Neil? Uh, Neil was, Neil was, it was just, it's an interesting experience. And, you know, it's so funny. I didn't get to talk to him that much. You know, oh, okay. I, I dealt more with his head of marketing mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the conversations that I had with him still stick in my brain. Like he's such a sharp intelligent guy and uh he definitely taught me a like a lot just even through limited uh limited time with him Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was it was a great experience it was something that i never did really before Mm -hmm. i I worked a lot on um uh his masterminding group um they like absolutely like when you talk about branding and like having like a faithful audience Mm -hmm. that's going to eat your shit up like Mm -hmm. neil strauss yeah is, is, is definitely up there that's awesome yeah. So, uh, if you know, you know Ryan Holiday. Yeah, yeah. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like that, right? We were working, yeah. kind of growing something and stuff right. like that for someone, but at the same time, you there's there's different levels, right? One's yeah. like someone you know who you're helping out, and you have a lot of a, a lot right. of exchanges with other people. It's a little more, let's just say, professional, and it's just you're dealing with the intermediary, and that's kind of just it is what it is, right? You know. Right. But it was pretty neat that you're able to go. A little bit, you know, like you said, the limited exchanges you had, you made sure that they were they were meaningful, and that's yeah, pretty yeah. And Ryan actually, him and him and Neil are like tight, like mm-hmm. they're homies. Um, but yeah, Ryan, I mean, 
He's tight too, man. He's done yeah. a lot of crazy, amazing. Oh yeah, we're trying. We're seeing about getting him on soon, so I'll yeah, definitely keep be, you posted. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. So a certain quote from a Fortune piece on you kind of stood out to me, right. and and it's something we kind of started to get into a little bit. And the quote is, "Staying true to who you are and personal happiness matters most. Don't sacrifice who you are or your emotional health for success." Right. And that, that really did kind of like, kind of, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, it's kind of jumped out. There's, there's an article I've been working on um, about why millennials seem to be more entrepreneurial spirited than like the last few generations, right? Let's be real. But, mm-hmm. but without getting into other reasons, the one that I talk about a lot is how self-awareness has become a big thing, you know, the last few years, along with like EQ, holding more weight, in, even in like corporate companies, you know? Um, but, but kind of what are, what are your thoughts on why suddenly like we're, we're becoming even like as a generation, just a little more self-aware. I mean, I always thought of it, it was kind of like, you know, I was talking to someone and they said, we're the first generation of failed institutions. We're the first adult children of divorce. We're the first kids who, you know, college seems to be like, now it's a racket. We all know it. Um, you know, and, and all the debt, you know, all, all this kind of stuff, right? You get, mm. you, you get into your, um, you know, your, your, your formative years, or I should say your, your adult years. And you're just like, Whoa, what, right. what's this shitty bill of goods I got sold, you know? Right. And I think now we're starting to kind of be like, all right, let's pull back the curtain and be like, what the fuck's going on? Right. You know? And, but what, what do you think? You know, it, it, it kind of, when did you start to realize this in your own life? Mm-hmm. And I think from what we've already talked about, maybe it was like, you know, early on with the rough times you had, right? you know, and, uh, and I know there was something I was reading where it was like, you were homeless your high school, yeah, you know, senior yeah. year of high school, yeah. you know, and that I'm sure those, those are times that, like you said, they, they make you, they're really introspective, kind of, <laughs> have no other choice, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't think I really got it as far as taking care of yourself um, from an emotional and mental health standpoint until mm-hmm. I was building Millicent's. So I was 24 mm-hmm. um, at the time. Uh, I'm 27 now. So, And my focus was to be as successful as possible and make as much money as possible. Um, and I didn't really take care of myself. I wasn't mm-hmm. eating right. I wasn't working out. I wasn't you know, getting sleep, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing like two hours, two, two, three hours of sleep a night, wow. you know, like it was, it was insane, man. Um, and I just kind of broke down, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you um, can't do that for very long yeah, until you your body it. just gets yeah, back. Yeah. Like <laughs> whole body shot. <shutdown. laughs> um, and it made me realize that I, t- I took a step back and I said, yo, E, you have, all this, you know, you've built all this for yourself. You have literally everything you could ever. That's another lesson I had to learn. Like, you know, what is enough when it comes mm-hmm. to money and the things that you have? Mm-hmm. You know, because when it, what it, when does it start to become like just unnecessary? Yeah. You know, like, uh, all right, I have me, you know, uh, C-class bins or whatever like that. That's nice. That's nicer than like 98% of people can can get, right? Mm-hmm. But 
man, I really want that Ferrari though, you know? <laughs> and it's like, do you really need that? Do you, right. you know? And, right. and I got to that point where it was like, man, like I literally have everything that I could ever ask for mm-hmm. and making money and, and get, you know, all that. Now that my mom is straight, now that I'm straight, like I, I need to stop killing myself, mm-hmm. you know, for this. It doesn't mean that you stop grinding. Yeah, of course. It's just take a step back and enjoy life, enjoy right. the journey, enjoy right. the ride. And, um, that was that was big for me. Um, mm-hmm. That was a big eye opening moment. And I think now people are becoming more self aware. A lot of it's for the wrong reasons, man. Um, with social media and things like that, I think the reason that you have so many more people trying to be entrepreneurs is because they see all the flashy shit on right. social media. They right. see all these people doing it, and they don't realize, man. I learned real quick. I remember when I started just getting a little bit of buzz and man, you know, the ladies came through and <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know, the Instagram models, you know, they yeah. sliding in my DMs. And I remember this one girl, she had like, like close to a million followers. I mm-hmm. mean, she bad, right? Mm-hmm. I went down to San Diego, check her out, man. She up, she over here in the hood with a mattress on the floor. I'm like, yo, <laughs> look, I, I'm not a hood chick, you know what I mean? I, right. I love her around the way, girl, right. but it's just like no one would ever think because she has a million million dollars that she living the life that she's yeah. living in. So you can't yeah. really, you can't really judge people no, off of social sure. media and like everybody. And no one wants to be a carpenter. No one wants to be an electrician anymore. No one wants to do that. And, and I right. tell people all the time, like. Everyone's not built for this shit, no, man. No, not at all. They're not. not all. Like you're, you're not built for it. Like you know, the to some people, are like oh man, I want to drop out of school and be an entrepreneur and stuff like that. I'm man, like, wear man, sweatshirts every day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, man, look, this, this is not easy. This right. is not for everybody, man. Right. And and some people they need that education, they need that foundation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting because it's a lot of people that are oh, going yeah. to fail. Oh, yeah. Very, very like this. This is the this is literally the generation of failures mm-hmm. because they're gonna find out really, really quickly how hard it is mm-hmm. to 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 make it, yeah. you know, and um and be in. The thing is, a lot of people are meant to be the worker bees. You know, not everyone I was is gonna, meant you know, to be. I was going to say that. And people take that the fucking wrong way, oh, man. People take it yeah. the wrong way. And and it's just true. Like, right. you literally can't have a startup without having people who are just, you know, employees first. Right. You know, Absolutely. just, just like, you know, like just, just literally like the grunts, you know? And, yeah. And it doesn't mean that that person can't come in and build themselves up to where they right. want to be for sure. But yeah, everybody here is so talented, man. Yeah. Like from from top to bottom, you know. We, yeah, we've had people who are agents that are. We had a guy that's an agent that runs our whole quality assurance engineering department now. Like wow. we we got people that grind. It just doesn't mean that. It just means you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, and, and it's a very like me, 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 me. And people people see me and they were like, "Oh, you're 27. You know, you you've gotten this." I'm like, "Bro, I'm." still on the grind man mm-hmm. like, i'm not you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and um t- talking about self-awareness uh, i had people tell me like oh why you, you why are you working for the white man again like why you know <laughs> Jesus uh, i'm like <laughs> you know you you know you're an entrepreneur or whatever and i was like look i had to be real with myself mm-hmm. out of all the companies i built four companies none of them had the potential and had the product that skirt has and I had to take a look at myself, even though I'm an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. am I ever going to come up with something with this that, type of potential, right. you right. know, and you got to be real with yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I don't know, maybe one day, but right yeah. now I know this is the shit that I need to be involved mm-hmm. with right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, it's, um, you know, but self-awareness is good on the other end of like people are just not settling for a lot of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's good that people are seeing things from all over the world and, right. and opening their eyes. It just has a positive and negative oh, consequences. Everything, yeah, 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 especially man. early on, everything has both the good and the bad a lot. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? And, uh, so you touched upon two things that I want to go into, and one of them is, uh, have you ever heard of the Next Gen Summit? Mm, you know, everything sounds familiar nowadays, know, right? but uh, <laughs> just act like um, I don't know. Okay. So it's a, it's a summit of uh, 30 and under entrepreneurs. So Word. it's in New York. And, well, at least it was in Austin, Texas the first year, and then it was in New York this year. Okay. So it was in the spring this year and I went there. I'm, I'm over the cutoff and you know, I'm right. 32, but I went as press. So I went to just cover it, meet people, right. you know, and that kind of thing. And it was, it was great because, you know, I, I, I literally for the, it was three days long for the first two days, I was the oldest fucking guy in the room. I'm not even <laughs> shitting you. Everyone was anywhere from 17 to 23 and we're on shark tank had vc funded companies and we're just killing it right Right. and it was amazing for me to be like dude when i was that age i was lucky i was in college and doing well like you know i mean but like it was i didn't have that kind of hustle but it so that was great and there was one guy that i loved meeting and and i i'm really bad with names i feel horrible that i'm forgetting his name but he uh, he was an entrepreneur himself. He's from Canada, and he had something that literally had a lot of potential. Uh, it was already funded, but he they ran through that money, and he was basically saying either I had to run another round, or uh, he he saw an opportunity to be literally the fourth in line for uh, um, a company called uh, I want to say Mindgrub. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably getting that wrong, but he um, it's in Canada. Same thing. And, uh, and one of the big things they own is Pornhub. But if you think about it, it's just like a video platform, right? right? So he basically is the senior engineer who's, he's, he's 24 mm-hmm. and he's literally the fourth person down from the CEO. Wow. So people said the same thing to him. Dude, why the fuck did you give up what you were doing? And, and I could even say the same thing, right? At points I've been a full-time photographer and then I've taken jobs. Right. And, and I just was, like you said, self-aware enough and I had a, I took a big picture mentality and said, look, I'm just doing this for a little bit. I can be a photographer for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And it's like, if this one thing, if this one time, whether I learn a skill set, whether I build my platform, whether I build my brand or whatever, enables me to then keep going. Right. Why the fuck not? You yeah, know you know I mean? those cats that that was like turned Mark Zuckerberg down and oh I'm working on I'm working on another company or I'm working you know on my own thing you know you sure you don't want to join Facebook <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at him now right suckers yeah exactly um, but yeah man you got you got to jump on that train that rocket ship when you it's can, true man. exactly exactly and he and he even said it he goes I'm joining this company because I like you said I believe in what they do. And I believe that with my help, because this dude was like, when I tell you making, mind you, it's a multi-billion dollar company, right? Right. So he said, when I can do incremental improvements on performance, uh, you know, and effectiveness and the way things are handled and processes on the back end, because he was like a server guy, right? Right. That he goes, I can save a company two, five, six percent. And you're thinking, well, that's nothing. 
when you're talking about a billion dollar company, yeah. that's a lot of money. That's a lot of bread. And that's a couple hundred million dollars. He's saving that company. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's saving that company. So it's like, he, he's like, you know, that matters. And I looked at it like I could basically put myself in a position that I can work at this company. And he gave himself a window. He gave himself a year. He said, I'm going to give you one year all in. Right. And at the end of that year, we reevaluate. And he goes, I'm only six months in. And I can already tell I want to be the CEO of this company. Right. Like this dude was making that many moves. And he goes, it's so horrible to be in, like you said, the C-suite where people are throwing out ideas. And I have to say that you're wrong. Right. And people go, well, who the fuck are you? Exactly. And this dude goes, I'm the senior engineer. So do you want me to do my job and you do your job? Or do you want me to tell me how to do my job? Exactly, because if man. you want me to tell, you want me to just say, yes, I'll do that. But suddenly I'm going from growing this company to a multi-billion dollar company to just collecting a paycheck and then leaving in six months. Right. So what's it going to be? Right. And I was like, dude, the fucking balls. But it's true. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you sit there and say, like, stay in your lane, but do your fucking job. Yeah. And if this guy is saying, you don't want to do that. And I'm, you, you hired me for this reason. Um, you know, and, and it was just really interesting because same thing. He goes, he goes, I get so much shit from my friends. You know, people I knew and respected saying, like, why'd you stop doing your own thing? And he just goes, my goal, become CEO, have that comp- have this company, acquire mine. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I, he goes, this platform and what they do will make mine way better than I ever could have. Yeah, and don't get it twisted. Just because I'm not technically running my companies doesn't mean my companies aren't still moving. Exactly. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's about putting... A lesson I had to learn a long time ago is putting smart people in place, you know, to run these companies mm-hmm. and things like that. Now, I'll be honest, if I was the head of those companies, would they probably be growing more than what they are right now? Absolutely, because mm-hmm. I'll be putting my resources and my energy into it. But at the same time, you know, they're all in the black. All my companies are in the black. You know, they're 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 good, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I, I'm cool. That's, you know, that's making their revenue right now. And let, I'm letting that cook, mm-hmm. you know, while I get to focus on skirt, because this is the, the biggest opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. And the other thing I want to touch upon was, was what you mentioned that is a really shitty thing about social media is like, is the, the highlight reel effect, no. right? Crazy. It's fucked up. And like that, seeing that on my own, Right. As, as a person that, like you said, it wasn't until I graduated college and I was doing photography and working at a studio and doing my own thing that I, I kind of got into the personal brand kind of space. Right. Yeah. And I started seeing it. And then, you know, we're talking 10 years later. I sit there and say, like, it's still the same. It's like nobody can be honest to say this shit sucks. Right. Like being an entrepreneur fucking sucks. And, oh, yeah. you know, sure, it's got highs that are well worth it. But right. the lows can be. I don't know if you bad. saw my like Twitter conversation. This is this young black cat. He came up. He started tweeting me all wild. Like, you know, that's the problem with, you know, you and the one percent. You guys don't want to support and help <laughs> us. And he, he tweeted at me and Kanye. I'm like, why am I even in the same tweet as Kanye? <laughs> Rich ass, like, yeah, why right. am I in this? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. And and I, I literally went on this like a little tweet storm, you know, responding back to this guy, like, hey, like, 
I'm not there. Right. You know, he, right. he just, act, the dude asked me for $15,000 over Twitter, over, t- not even a DM, like publicly. <laughs> like, bro, I won't even give my mom $15,000 like that. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, seriously. You know, my mom hit me with a text like, Hey baby, let me get fifteen fifteen thousand. I'm like, mom, we're gonna have to have a conversation. Um, <laughs> I'll come by. We'll talk about. We're gonna it. talk about this. <laughs> um, like my mom put that on my Facebook wall now. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and you look at like Kanye asking for Zuckerberg for that kind of money, right? Yeah, <laughs> man. Look. So yeah, and you know, I made sure, and then someone was like, oh, you know, they see, you know, all the followers that you have, and you know, they equate that to you know, you having a lot of money right. and success. And I was like, MC Hammer got 3.6 million followers. <laughs> he 10 times, like if, if he has 10 times what I have, then what, and he broke, what do I have? Exactly. Exactly. Right? Like don't yeah. look at those, like, man, people look at the service level so much, man, but I always keep it 100 with this. It's like, man, like I'm not there. I, I, I'll be the first one to say, man, I'm in a much better place than 99% of people. Like, sure. well, not, well, that makes me the 1%, but like, not that, like that. You know what I mean? You're but just like, better off than a lot of people. I'm better right. off than a lot of people. I'm blessed, man. Right. I'm looking at this from like a world perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not looking at this from a first world US perspective. Right. Like, man, like, even if you're making 30K, 25K, you're still doing better than so many other people around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm always honest about that. Yeah. But, I can't just be hitting cats for, you know, you know, 15 racks over, uh, over Over Twitter, Twitter. man. man. No, I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's that kind of thing that I I got tired of. You know what I mean? Right. So I started this thing called, um, you know, creators against oppression, where basically it's trying to erase that stigma of like mental health and mental health awareness where, you know, we say to people like, again, it's, it's, when when you have say a platform you have right. and then by society's rules we sit there and say you know i don't know if i can really come out and say like i'm struggling i'm not happy right you know because people are going to look at you and go dude you got 300,000 followers and you're oh, here there everywhere like how the fuck are you unhappy yeah. but the truth is like that shit happens to anybody and a lot of those people I mean? don't have bread i read this article about these youtubers with millions of you know, millions of like followers and subscribers and they're struggling. They don't mm-hmm. have money. And, you know, uh, this one comedian, uh, he spoke out about it. He was like, he has maybe like 50,000 followers. He was like, look, I could go on tweet right now. Hey, come to this show and y'all not going to be there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the people that I like to see are those people that might have like, 5,000, 10,000 followers, but oh my God, they support that person. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you know, yeah, and depth, depth versus width. Yeah, right. exactly, man. And like, I'd rather, you rather have 10,000 people that rock with you like hard mm-hmm. than a million people that are like, eh, yeah, you cool. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. your selfie game, but <laughs> I ain't going to, you know, right. buy your products, bro. Right. You right. Know, right. So. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, and that's and that's something that people again, like people get so caught up in the numbers. It, you know, right. it's and and that's that's the like you get that we go back to the short term thinking, right? right. That's short term thinking. That's like, okay, can I leverage this? And you know it. You know that if you got, let's just say, on Instagram, you know, you, you got a company to pay you for a sponsored post, and you're sitting there going, well, I got the followers, but they're not going to engage in this shit, right? You know, they're not going to like it. Right. And then and then you sit there and go, like, are you going to get mad at me? 
<laughs> when that doesn't get the traction you see on my other posts, yeah. Well, be honest, that wasn't in line with what I do. You know what I mean? Nah, and it's, yeah, just, it's just, it's a weird thing. And I don't, I don't know if we're gonna really get to see what that really the whole how the whole thing kind of contextually kind of rounds out the, and this whole decade for maybe a couple more years. Right. You know, we sit there and say like it's probably gonna have a tipping point. Oh, absolutely, you know? man. I think we're there. I think yeah. honestly, I think we're there. Yeah, I'm tired, yeah. man. I, I use Instagram for marketing, man. I don't even, I'm like, yo, I can't see that same selfie in front of that same mirror and that same outfit, you know, <laughs> multiple times a week. Like, right. Switch it up. Man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one of the best things I read about you, and you kind of touched upon it, was your beliefs in failure being a great learning tool for right. young people, right? right? And like I said, regretfully, I didn't fully understand this until like my late 20s, early 30s when when I stopped putting so much pressure on myself to succeed and provide for myself and my family. And, you know, it's weird. Like, it really seems like that kind of thinking was only seen in, like, self-starters and visionaries like the Jobs, the Franklins, the Teslas, and the Fords of the world, right? Right. But nowadays, the skills are tipping towards it being kind of a little more common. You know what I mean? And, again, through self-awareness, through whatever, technology, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, but take me, take me through that a little bit. I mean, like I said, is it, a lot of people can say it's, it's when you learn early on that you struggle, right. right? Maybe you have something and lose it. Maybe you have nothing and then you gain it, but you, you, you understand it. And then you sit there and go, okay, like when, when something goes wrong and it fails, it can ruin some people, Yeah, you sure. know? Um, and then for other people, you can sit there and say, well, okay, I'm going to pick myself up and tell myself, Hey, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I'm okay. You know? And, and that, how am I going to learn from this? Like what's next? You know what I mean? But so many young people, like fucking something happens and their whole world's crashing down. You know what I mean? And they just don't kind of see it that way. And it's just, you know, I'm glad that you're preaching it. You know what I mean? I'm glad that it's starting to like turn fail forward. You know, people, right. people hear that nowadays and it's pretty right. common, you know, so it's getting better, you know. Um, but, you know, tell me, one of the questions I have is like in terms of personal projects, like do you have anything you've been working on? Are they even like a thing? Do they exist in your industry or is, they considered, is it considered like you just studying trends for fun? <laughs> you know what I mean? As far as like. Just things you work on, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, you have, you have. These companies that you started, you know, four companies before you were 25 or 26, right? That's pretty crazy. Right. And then you, you, you talked about how you burned yourself out at one point right. and, and you had to kind of take a step back. So for a lot of creative people, that's what creative, like personal projects are. You know, it's a way to kind of even yourself out between the paid work and right. things that you're interested in that you do for nothing just to do them. Right. I mean, do you have that kind of thing with you? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, it's more so on the giving back to the community side, yep. whether okay. it's like, you know, volunteering with kids, mm-hmm. um, doing things like every week I, you know, volunteer like tomorrow. Um, I volunteer down in Skid Row feeding mm-hmm. the homeless and clothing the homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really my my pet projects tend to be more so on the the community and mm-hmm. helping out and, and volunteering. That's really what gets me going. That's awesome. Um, as far as. Oh, sorry. I'm no worries. Back. Uh, <laughs> as far as like personal projects from like a career standpoint, man, I'm really all in with skirt right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, 
this is it's it's like a bunch of personal projects all at once because I'm working on so many different dope things. Like, right. I can't really even talk about it, but like things <laughs> that you wouldn't even consider right. being part of you know, a tech company. Mm-hmm. Um, what's just so cool about the marketing realm because one day you could be shooting a commercial. One day you could be working on like new swag for, you know, to give out to people like designing like clothes that you want to do for people Ooh, and, wow. and employees. You got, right. you know, speaking at conferences or, 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 you know, coming up with new marketing strategy or like we just launched a new billboard campaign um, was it the one with the key emoji in it? Cause I saw that. And that was oh no, cool. that's the old one. That was like the 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 key, uh, you know, download skirt, key mm-hmm. to success kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like playing off the DJ Khaled thing yeah. when it was yeah. like still hot, and not corny. <laughs> uh, but the new one is the the car in your pocket. So you actually see a billboard and you go find it, and it's like dude literally has a car in his pocket, <laughs> which is dope. You know, that's um, awesome. So yeah, it's like always working on like super cool stuff, whether it's like, you know, like product stuff, like mm-hmm. working on an app, like making it more user friendly. Like it's always something new. So mm-hmm. it really keeps me going. Whereas a lot of people, it's like this monotony of like going to work and working on the same, following the same reports, doing the same shit. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah, man. Um, from from a career standpoint, like you know, I'm not out here making music or beats, you know, <laughs> you know, a skirt, you know, right? Like we ain't got cats dancing all in your videos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we out here working, man. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's man. great. I mean, you said it. It's 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 further than the whole corny thing where it's like when you love what you do, you'll never work a day. You're not. Yeah, nah, yeah, it's yeah. it's the fact that like you said. If you can get behind it, if you can see the big picture, if you can see the potential, hell yeah. And like you said, it's different every day. This is part of my job right here. Like how many people do you know that you could go to their headquarters at their office and record a podcast (laughs) just mad casually? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's not like that. This is part of my job because, you know, I'm definitely like part of this is skirt, 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 check out skirt, download skirt. You know, I'm going to get that in there too, you right, know? Right, right, right. Um, so that's part of, you know, the awareness, you yeah. know, um, and this is part of my job, man. That's awesome. And yeah. I wouldn't do, be doing my due diligence if I didn't say skirt can promote this episode. We can get you on a sponsor. Skirt can sponsor <laughs> hey. your episode. We'll talk, yeah, man. we'll talk. We'll talk, bro. So, Listen, Everett, thank you for giving me this time. We're, we're getting to about the end here. Right. And we have, um, we're going to go a little deep. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. yeah let's do so, it. you know, if you can, just keep the answers like a minute or two apiece. All right. All right. Cool. So, what's the biggest risk you've taken in your career? The biggest risk I've taken in my career was absolutely moving to California and working with Sean Ellis. Mm -hmm. I was comfortable, man. I was in Virginia. I was in a comfortable place making good money, Mm -hmm. you know, and I took a huge pay cut at the time Mm -hmm. to come there and work on an early stage startup. And it was the best choice that I could ever make, you know, like I, I moved there. And I wasn't making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I sold and it's a LA, man. That's tough too. It was it's... and it was Newport Beach, Orange oh, County. Okay. And oh, like, wow. I moved into an apartment, uh, a studio apartment, and I was living with another guy. Like I could literally open my door from my bed. Like <laughs> uh Gerard Carmichael has this funny ass joke where he says, um, you know, you know how well you're doing in life from how far your bed is from your front door. <laughs> 
<laughs> and That's I was awesome. not doing well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. taking that and like taking like, so I'm not doing this for the money. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately going to take this risk and, and, and it all worked out. Mm-hmm. No, you, that's awesome, man. And like you said, the, the clo- I love that the closeness of your bed to your fucking <laughs> great. Um, so, name your biggest fear creatively. My biggest fear creatively. Mm-hmm. Hmm. My biggest fear creatively. Um. My biggest fear creatively is you're always gonna have things that people don't like someone's always gonna find something wrong i could go on here and go tweet right now yo the sky is blue and someone is gonna be like no (laughs) it is not blue you know like that shit's reflecting from the ocean so it's not really any kind of good you can't tell me poppy like you know uh (laughs) uh, but yeah so there's always gonna be but I really never want to be in a position where I put something together that actually offends like someone like to the core, like something that is like offensive to the LGBT community Mm -hmm. or to a particular race or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And you know, you have to be so careful nowadays. And so that's like probably my biggest fear because I have so much love for everyone and Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened yet. It's me (laughs) knocking on wood. Um, but that's probably like my biggest fear, create yeah. creatively. And like it's so funny. Some people in that creative space, they live off that. They of live course, off of like they're like any news is good news. Yeah, yeah. but me, man, like I I love people, man. I well, I love people to an extent. And yeah. I really don't want to make someone like you know that that Kanye footage came out last night with Taylor <laughs> oh Swift God. and he yeah. was like, Man, I wanna make music that make people feel good. You right. know, I don't want people to feel bad. Like I right. don't I don't want to do anything that makes people feel bad. Man. Right. Yeah. No, and you said it. I mean, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt, sure. and realize you're never gonna you're never gonna please everyone. Absolutely. But like you said, to to really, you know, go against the whole group of people is like fuck. I didn't I didn't do yeah. my due diligence. I didn't, I didn't do my job. Do that. And like one of the things I think about a lot is like I used to love Eddie Murphy. Right. right. I, mean, I still love him, but right. I love his stand up, like right. raw and delirious. Oh my and god. And then people so bad to was. the LGBT community. Right. Oh my so you god. sit there and say, you know, I remember asking, like, why doesn't he do stand up anymore? Right. And literally one of the uh one of the comedians we had on, right? right. He goes, dude, so he was asked this a couple years ago. And he said, he goes, The shit I did in the eighties, I caught shit in the eighties, but didn't really affect me. He's like, right. if I did that shit now, oh, absolutely, with social media and everything else, you go, I, I, my career would be over. Your career would be over, you know. Yeah. And he's like, it's just not worth it, especially right. when you sit there and say he's had a three decade long career, right? And you know, like to throw it all away for a joke, right? You know what I mean? He's like, it's just way different, and it's true, right. you know what I mean? Um, like you said, it, it's something you have to be really cognizant yeah. of nowadays. Um, okay, so. Name the most meaningful moment in your career thus far. The most meaningful moment in my career thus far. Um, I think overcoming depression, overcoming the struggles and things that I was dealing with to successfully build Millicent's, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I did that on my own. Mm-hmm. I was a company of one. Mm-hmm. And to, to be able to overcome all the struggles and things that I, were dealing, I was dealing with at the time and mm-hmm. still be able to come up, you know, come up up top with with all that that's something that i'm probably the most probably the most proud of for sure that's awesome yeah so flipping the script a little bit name the biggest regret in your career the biggest regret 
the biggest, biggest regret in my career. Um, man, that's, you know what? This is going to sound real corny, but. Believe me, you're not the first one to say it. I uh, know <laughs> it's corny, but everything that's happened needed to happen. Exactly. Right. It, it really, it really needed to happen. Like right. if things happen any differently, mm-hmm. man, it just, it wouldn't. Yeah, man, I, I had to have everything that happened to me in my career to be at the point that I'm in today. Because one thing happened differently, I would not be sitting exactly in where you are today. So, you yeah, I, I don't really have a regret. All right. Personally. So, because, and this is a question I put in here just for you, um, because of what your stance is on it, what's been your biggest failure? Like, of those things, like you said, of those learning moments that then put you on this path, right. what's, what's been the biggest one? The biggest failure. You know what, to be honest, and it's not a failure. You know what? Hmm. I don't know if I want to say this. <laughs> well, we're getting vulnerable now. Ooh, I'm loving this. This, man, is, this is good. I'm making I think. genuinely feel that Growth Hackers, the company Growth Hackers, did not, and it's still around, you know, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I don't want like, to knock it, but I just don't feel like it lived up to the potential that it could have been. Mm-hmm. And I take part responsibility for that. Yeah. Um, and people love it, but like, it's like, man, like, I know what it could have been. Right. And it's still a great company and all that. I just, man, I'm just kind of disappointed that it didn't become bigger than what it is now. Mm-hmm. And so that, that definitely hurts. And that's a disappointment to me. It's right. not like a failure per se, but right. in terms of where it could have been, I think. Yeah, like, so and you so. said, it, it, in the sense of, you know, you're you're not saying okay, you're not just pointing the finger. You're saying right. like, it's my fault. Like, I'm right. taking that. I'm taking ownership, part right. ownership in that, and saying like, I could have done more. Right. Absolutely. And you know, for sure. You know, that's 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 the big thing. Is like a lot of people, especially like in, in the tech world and in the VC firm and like you know Silicon Valley, like some people really never are able to take ownership of their failure. Right, absolutely. You know, and they just go like, ah, it just didn't work out, blame that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a good it's tough. That was a tough one to admit. Yeah. I've never actually admitted that personally. What? But yeah. Um, thank you yeah. for feeling comfortable. Um, so for our last one, you know, this is, this is usually reserved for visual creatives, right? Right, right. But I want to ask you anyway, if you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still do what you do? And when you think about it, a lot of what you do depends on other people. Right. So I guess my question would be like, if you couldn't, if you had to do something that you couldn't share with anyone, what would it be? That kind of makes marketing impossible. No, I know. That's what I mean. That's why I, I mean, like, it wouldn't you know, be like, you know, would you still do marketing? Because duh, you can't. Yeah, yeah. But would, Honestly, is there something else that you think you'd be end up doing? I would love to work on a, a stand-up comedy special, like, of just me doing jokes, yeah. man. I, I love comedy so much. And even if no one ever saw it, I would love, I can make my own self laugh. <laughs> I would love to just put together, like, the work that goes into creatively putting together a, a stand-up, mm-hmm. like whether it's 15 minutes or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like that's something that I've always wanted to do. Even if no one ever sees yeah. it, it's just something that I've always wanted to put together. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I always tell people, like, I'm the first one to laugh at my own joke. Right. And people give you shit, right? Right. Like, 
Who laughs at their own joke? I'm like, dude, if you can't laugh at your own joke, why should anybody else? Yeah, man. That's my thinking. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I should find it funny first. If right. else Absolutely, it funny. man. I love I love when seeing comedians, like, genuinely laugh at their jokes while they're yeah. on stage. Oh, like, yeah. They've done it, like, a million times, and they're still laughing at themselves. <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, listen, thank you, Everett, for giving us this much time yeah, today. Man. I hope you had a great time. Um, so, where can people check out your stuff and learn more about what you do? Um, so first and foremost, let's, uh, shout out skirt.com is S K U R T skirt.com. You can also find us in the app store. Um, we'll definitely be launching an Android soon. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at skirt and then Instagram drive skirt. Um, and like our Facebook page, we're Mm -hmm. out there too, uh, skirt app. Um, but, uh, yeah. And as far as me personally, um, just at Everett everywhere on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. You must have been early, Taylor. bro. The fact that you just got your first name. No, is, actually, really? I mean, we don't even have, probably have time for that story. But like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a hustler, man. Like, yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have at Everett or at, oh, on Instagram or Twitter at first. Absolutely oh, not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so we're gonna have to say that for like yeah, the bonus credits or yeah, something exactly, like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm definitely gonna hear that story. But one last shout out yeah. uh, for Skirt, man. If you ever want to try it, we're based in Los. We're operating in Los Angeles. And we're also operating in Orange County. Um, and so if you ever want to use us, um, use the code AMNATION um, to get $20 off your first skirt. Again, that's AMNATION. Um, use that. Check us out. Try us. Um, we deliver and pick up the car. and No underage fees. No gas fill-up fees. Um, no credit card requirement, man. We're the best. Just check us out, man. Thank you, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. We'll definitely be shouting that out after uh, before I leave here. And, for sure. You know, for sure. So last but not least, who's someone that you would like to hear us talk to on the show? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to call him Devin on deck. Uh, Devin on deck, D-E-V-A-N on deck. Uh, he's one of the most dope, like, creatives that I know. Mm-hmm. You know how we were talking about earlier about people having like crazy engagement, even mm-hmm. though their audience isn't like major. Like he has like 20,000 people on Instagram, but everything gets like two, three, four thousand likes. Wow. Like people are so engaged right. on what he does. And he also works at Snapchat as well. Doing oh, some nice. really cool content stuff for them. And so on the fashion end. So yeah, definitely we'll love to see him on there. All on right, the that's show. awesome. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Again, Everett, thank you so much. We had an amazing time. Hour goes it, by fast, yeah, right? Yeah, man. For sure. You know, gotta get back to these skirts. Exactly. SKURT exactly. skirt. <laughs> AM Nation, twenty dollars off. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Yeah, thank Listen, you. thanks for taking the time. We'll talk soon. All right, man. All right, Peace. take care.